Hello. And welcome to the home of professional <laughs> podcasting. Oh, golly. We are that very home. <laughs> and this is as good on, as it's going to get. On different days of the week. <laughs> We're just yes. keeping everybody on their toes. Slick operation. That's us. Smooth operators. Like Charday. Did you say Charday? Yep. It's not Charday. It's Sade, isn't it? No, it's pronounced Charday. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I, I actually was alive oh, when she golly. was saying so. You know, Comment if it's Charday. <laughs> I think we'll our audience and check is it. She, into the... she corrected people in the 80s on how to pronounce her name. But isn't it spelled S-A-D-E? It is correct. And she pronounced it Chardet. That sounds like a wine to me. I think comments were made to that effect. Well, I will continue to say Sade. There you go. Until she comes at me. I'm thinking that's keep, unlikely to says, happen. Says keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> Don't make me slap you. Sade <laughs> is going to slap Anyway... Hello. We do not endorse violence, especially no male violence against women. I will never slap Stacy. So I can't promise that I won't slap you. No, nobody can ever promise that. I'm very so. slappable. <laughs> oh, golly. I'm just thinking of so many things from the 90s now. But that's par for the course at this point. Um, how are you? I think I'm good. I'm a day late. It's so confusing. I'm sorry to everybody. What do you expect at this point? Yeah, there there are just things that things happen. happen. Things. Rich had to because look this at is real life. Ultrasounds for cows. I, I did the easy part. I just got the cows in place, and my is it like a mobile ultrasound? And the doctors thing? Garrett did their yeah. They there were they had a sales rep testing or demonstrating mm. some ultrasound equipment. So they were out there doing some pregnancy checks and got testing any, got it out. Any pregnant on, cows? Oh uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, most of them we already knew and we were expecting that. So it wasn't like it was big news. We had a couple that um, surprised a little bit just as far as how far along mm. they were in the gestation. But um, they got to test it on some cats and the dog and uh, maybe a sheep. I don't know. I didn't do those parts. So well, fun. by that time, I was in the house drinking coffee. So nice. With your cute little grandson. Yes. I saw pictures. That's, that's my boy, little Luther McFly. <laughs> So yeah, that's why we weren't here yesterday. As and also, I had a rough day. So very yeah. difficult, very difficult times. Very difficult times. So. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Because Indeed. If, we, if we do talk about it, I will start crying. And we're not talking about Will Smith or Chris Rock. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, I really want because <laughs> the memes, the memes are just yeah. great. Some and, of them are bad, and but some, some are some are really <laughs> some really of them bad. You know, really it is a difficult thing. I, I was listening to. Uh, some folks talk about it. And for the most part, I just don't have a lot of investment in Hollywood. No, I don't either, but it's another. been unavoidable. But to... yeah, you can't really get away from it. But it does say some things about um, just about our moral depravity. Mm -hmm. Did and, you see and the interview with Jim Carrey about it? I just read some quotes from him this morning. But uh, I, you know, I think the I think what happened between Chris Rock and Will Smith has less to do with our cultural morality than our response to it. And mm -hmm. so many, especially Christians, I, I think this is the difficulty we run into is we get caught up in the memes. We right. get caught up in the same kind of enjoyment of the controversy True. that everybody else does. And these are still image bearers right. in Christ who need our prayers as much as anything. Now, I'm, I'm not personally invested in, in either of these folks. I've enjoyed some of the work that, that they've done and I've disliked some of the work that they've done. 
and uh, been a you know Will Smith fan since DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper back in the day, but uh, that doesn't mean I endorse anybody, any celebrity morality, or even my own. The reality of of life is that uh, we choose our way over God's way. I, I don't know what happened backstage with Denzel Washington, but my um, my understanding from the things that I've heard, to whatever extent that's true, is that Denzel came and gave him some spiritual advice and said, look, the devil's going to come after you at these high points. And mm -hmm. I hope and pray, I've heard a lot of people lately talking about Will Smith as a, as a Christ follower, and uh, I don't put much stock in that because... You know, as soon as somebody says something remotely spiritual in, in Hollywood, everybody wants to jump on it. I hope and pray that that's the case, that um, that repentance and faith have come to him and that they have or will come to Chris Rock and to Donald Trump and everybody else out there that that uh, we we need to turn our hearts to Christ. And we tend to not do that mm. because we want the prosperity Christ. We want the Jesus who fights our battles and gives us good it's things like and blesses us exactly like that, <laughs> you know, and we, uh, we, that's the, that's the Jesus we want. We want the Messiah who will come and liberate us. What we don't want is the suffering servant who calls us to suffer as well. And that's not restricted to just celebrities or megachurch pastors. That's something that is in the heart of sinners and we need to repent ourselves rather than looking at the speck in our brother's eye. Sure. So, anyway. That was a good tie-in to what we're talking about today. Well, you know, <laughs> it's what we in do the here of because Mark. we are the home of professional podcasting. We are. Um, so we did cover the <clears throat> Gospel of Mark this last week. And uh, this is a part that I feel like we don't like to talk about uh, because especially this time of year, Easter, it should be, you know, I think you said something to this effect on Sunday at the end of your sermon, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have this big celebration mm. and that's, that takes a lot of focus this time of the year. And it should be a big celebration because it's everything, right. but this is, you know, when we think about the suffering servant, not only what Jesus did on the cross, but what he's called us to do, it's not all that pleasant to think about, right. but it's, it's these necessary things that we are supposed to go through yeah and i think it's it's we don't talk about it enough no we don't and that was the the struggle that that so many had with jesus uh at the time was they wanted a messiah to come in and liberate right. they wanted the messiah to come in they wanted to make him king and every time things went well crowds would get big this is you, i think you mentioned this in the last podcast you know that he he wanted people to not talk about it. don't right. tell people right well because it wasn't the time. And if if Jesus didn't say the hard things that he said, if he didn't speak the truth that people don't like, then his celebrity uh, would have just, that would have been the dominant story, right. not who he actually is. And so as, as folks wanted to make him king and carry him off, it, it was, it was just a difficult reality to recognize that wait i thought you were the messiah and right. you're telling me you're going to suffer and die i, I can't come make that compute right. i can't right. process that in my mind in fact uh that's kind of the turning point of the book of mark in uh, mark chapter 8 <clears throat> we uh, talked about this sunday and and this is i mean if you haven't seen this as the turning point of the of the story 
uh, of Mark's of the gospel according to, to Mark, um, then you've missed something. But in the middle of chapter eight, or toward the end of chapter eight, actually, uh, starting with verse 27, we see Peter's great confession. And then we also see the rebuke that comes immediately following that. So verse 27, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? So this is the question, right? Who, who is the Christ? And Jesus is not, he's he's questioning this. He's asking this to set up the question. It's mm -hmm. not like Jesus is in need of some right. kind of affirmation. Right. He demonstrated that in his, in his temptation know. in the wilderness. Right. He's fully aware of his identity. Uh, there are no struggles for him in this. And he doesn't, clearly he doesn't need praise because right. he's been rejecting celebrity and fame throughout this entire process. Verse 28, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. In fact, Herod himself, when he heard of the things that Jesus was doing, thought that John, whom he had beheaded, had come back from the dead. And Jesus then makes the confrontation that this is the confrontation that each of us have to, to come to, because it really doesn't matter who Jesus is in our own practical lives until we answer this question of who do you say? Yeah. Jesus was the Messiah. He That was never in question. If everyone on earth rejected him as Messiah, he was still the promised king. He was still the ruler of all. <clears throat> and so here now, Jesus asks this, this pithy question, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. In, in Matthew, we say, you, you know, you are the, the son of God. So Jesus in Matthew's points out that, you know, this is not revealed to you. you know, this is revealed to you by my father, not from humans, not, not from your own mind. This is something that you receive from my father and, and blessed are you because of that. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him, right? So we're, we're still, you know, not being caught up in celebrity. Jesus is humble. He then began, notice what happens? He has this big confession. Peter confesses him as the Christ, the Messiah. I wonder perhaps if that's the first time that the others connected that. Mm. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But Peter says it. They all hear it. They're aware of what's going on. They recognize that Jesus is not saying, hey, hey, hey slow it down. Don't, right, don't right. say these things. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. So the first part of the uh, of Mark's gospel is focusing exactly the same place as, as Matthew's gospel, that Christ is the promised king. He's the Lord of all. He's the Messiah come to, to fulfill the promises to Israel. But now the focus for the rest of the book is that this Messiah, this, this king, is more than just what you expect him to be. This Messiah is the suffering servant that we see prophesied in the Old Testament. The parts that, you know, nobody likes, that we that we want to turn away from. 32, he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So, you know, we hear the word rebuke and we might think, well, Peter's, you know, being disrespectful. It's not that. Peter is trying to set this right. Because in his mind, just like with the rest of us, it doesn't compute. Wait a minute, you're the king. You don't go through this. Mm -hmm. You're here to deliver, to fight my battles, to, you know, to set Israel uh, in, in glory as it uh, as was foretold, to uh, make peace, to liberate us from the Romans, all of the things that, that everybody's seeing, this is what they would be still expecting. Now, they probably have greater insight than those around them, but they're still trapped in this limited picture of Messiah. And so he says, Jesus, 
surely you can't be dying. You can't, you can't go through these things. God is going to glorify you through all this. Well, he will, and he does, but not yet. Hmm. It's, it's the cross first and then the crown. And Jesus responds famously in verse 33, when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. He's not actually saying that Peter is the devil or anything like that. What he is saying is that you are opposing God's will. You're doing, you're you're seeking what you want. You're seeking uh, what you see as good and right and true from an earthly perspective. You need to surrender that and take the Messiah. This is what, what we all have to do is to recognize the Messiah for who he is in his fullness. We need to take the whole package of Jesus, not just the parts that we want. We don't get to just pick and choose and deconstruct and, and make it's it what we want. It's how relevant that is today because we're still doing that. Hugely. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It absolutely and is. And we're still doing it today. And notice that Jesus talked, he spoke plainly about it. He wasn't, he wasn't hiding it. He's been speaking in parables and he's going to be speaking in parables. But here, as he's talking to his disciples, he's speaking to them plainly, making it very clear this is what's going to happen. Now, notice also the, the challenge that goes along with this. So not only is Jesus... He's the king of all kings, but he's not the king that you're expecting. He's right. not not what you thought he would be. So as he is um, sharing with them his role as the suffering servant, that he would be the ransom for us. Verse 34 and following, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now he's connecting this. I think it's easy for us to to see this take up your cross thing and just kind of pass over it because we have crosses on necklaces, crosses right. on walls. We got a cross behind us on our logo here. We're used to the cross as a symbol of piety and religion and all sorts of things. Maybe a, a, a symbol of you know selfless sacrifice, but they would have only recognized the cross mm. as a punishment for criminals. This right. is this is excruciatingly horrible and humiliating death. And it's a death that is reserved for bad people, not good people, not good religious people, not religious persecution. You know, it's for bad people. And that's how they would have seen this. And Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, following me means you have to deny yourself. You have to die. The you that is you has to die. And you have to then follow me. You have to take my path, follow my steps. For For whoever wants to uh, save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. For what what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Now, as, as he's saying this, you know, I, I'm I'm reading this and I'm thinking, wow, you know, we so often quote these ver- verses, but I don't know that we think through the application of it. How many of us want to save our life, right? We, and, and it's not it's not simply a matter of not dying, but this spiritual death, denying myself. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deny myself. I want to avoid pain. I want to seek pleasure. You know, suffering is really not on my list of priorities. That's not something I want to do. 
Um, and so it's the natural thing for us to want the, you know, what we often refer to now as the prosperity gospel. We want a Jesus who gives us the good life, who gives us our best life now, who makes things better. And so much of uh, contemporary evangelicalism, so-called, uh, skips the evangelical part and, mm. and becomes this, uh, this, you know, self-help therapeutic kind of gospel that if we uh, live right, then that's good. And if we, you know, just have the positive thinking, the Tony Robbins kind of uh, thing, but but we put Christian terms to it, uh, then then we're in a good spot. And that's the opposite of what we see in the gospel. Instead, it's it's a path of suffering, and it requires denying ourselves and following Him, recognizing that there is a cost. And the cost is not, you know, well, sometimes you might be persecuted. Right. That's true. That's part of it. But it's more than that. The cost is literally everything. Mm -hmm. I have to give up my control of my life, my right to be in control and die. I have to lay my life down. It, it, Romans 12, 1 says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, your, your very life as a living sacrifice. It's not the one-time martyrdom. Right. It's the living. It's the, what's the saying that death is easy. It's living. That's the hard right. part. That's truth. That's where we are. If we're living for Christ, I can, I can right now make the statement. It's easy to make statements, but I think it's, I think it's a reality for a lot of us in the heart, in the big hard things, when the devil comes and, and, you know, puts us in a situation where the government or somebody else says, you know, you may not speak about Jesus. If you speak about Jesus, I'm going to shoot you in the head. And I, that's not hard for me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I, I can see that sure, coming sure. because uh, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but if you're going to tell me what your agenda is, then I can recognize the spiritual battle. Right. The harder part is the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. denial of self, the day-to-day -day killing of my pride, killing of, of my you know, human urges and desires, my urge to, to, to not have to deal with the sadness that, that you've been dealing with this week to not have to uh to feel alone or rejected by my friends you know i i want to fit in and and if i were to that's say, not a sadness i've been dealing with no that's a different that's sadness. every day though that's, a, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's my high school but, but we don't you know you've been dealing with a grief situation we don't like yeah. grief we don't like hardness we don't, hardship we don't like the 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 tough parts of life. We don't, we don't like disciplining our children. We just came through this parenting series and, and it's, I'm still catching up on Heartland. So we're, you know, we're, I think season five now. Have and you caught up with One Calls the Heart? No, we're, we're holding <sighs> off because we want to watch it. Kind no! of binge watch it. Uh, uh, anyway, so, but Lou and Peter had a baby, parents. had a baby. And they're, that's, that's the thing is Peter can't stand the idea of the baby suffering and crying. Right. So you can't let the baby cry it out. Well, that's how we are, whether it's parenting or whatever else. It, it, that's hard for us. Well, we don't want to do things that are hard for us. And Jesus is saying, what good does it do if you have all this stuff? Right. If your baby never cries, if all of these things happen, and you never have to deal with sadness, but you lose your own soul and you go to hell. And, and so as we look at the book of Mark, that's kind of um, the, the tough part for us is <clears throat> seeing that Jesus is the suffering servant. And, and uh, we opened the service with Isaiah 53. And if we have time, I'll read part of that a little bit later, but I want to make sure we actually uh, get through the podcast effectively here. 
um, as we are uh, as we're looking at this, we can see Jesus as the suffering servant, and he maybe even wrap our minds around that and and be grateful for it. But what's harder then is to follow in his steps, sure. to recognize that because he came and he suffered for us, he died in our place as the ransom for us, that the logical response is for us to live for him mm -hmm. and not for ourselves. And, and it's easy to say, you know, I live for Jesus, you know, I'm going to live for him. But that innately it's very, it's very involves, bumper stickery. It, it is, <laughs> but it, and it innately involves not living right. for my own desires. Right. Well, that's maybe a deal breaker for us. You know, it, it, it's easy for me to say I'm living for Jesus when it costs me nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's specifically what King David would not do when he was to offer sacrifice for his sin. And the guy that uh, that owned the the property there said, I'll just give it to you. And I'll give you what you need for the sacrifice. And David said, I, I won't offer anything that costs me nothing. Mm -hmm. If it costs me nothing, it's not a sacrifice. Right. This must be the real deal. And the real deal involves dying to self, laying down my life, not to earn my salvation, but in gratitude for the fact that Christ did this for me. If I'm going to follow his path, then my path must look like his path. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we're in the you know 21st century. We're, we're in a situation that's dramatically different than, than what Jesus, you know, I, I wear shoes, you know, and things like that. Uh, and I drive a car. <laughs> that's the biggest it's, difference. It's not in any way the same thing right. in our day-to-day -day existence. So we don't want to be literalistic about right. it. What we do want to do is, is to take him seriously, to take literally what is meant to be literal and to take figuratively what is meant to be figurative. As we are looking at the scriptures, the plain things, as Alistair Begg likes to say, the plain things are the main things, and the main things are the plain things. Uh, I might have reversed that, but the concept is the same. But, you know, it, it's not hard for us to see what's going on here. Sure. And we can try and parse it down to something that that's more palatable and easier for us to, to stomach as we're dealing with it. But the, the call is still the same. I have to debase myself to follow Christ. And our memory verse was from, from uh, Mark 10, 45. And it comes at the end of this situation where James and John and Matthew's account has has their mother doing this. And he, I think Peter, uh, as he's telling it to Mark, recognizes that James and John are behind this thing for mom. Right. But anyhow, that's my speculation. But in, in uh, Matthew 10, 45, we'll go back to 42 because it's the context for it. Jesus called them together. And said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. We spent the first half of the book establishing Christ's authority, mm -hmm. that he is the ruler. Mm -hmm. And he does, he's talking about himself, but he's not talking about himself. So he goes on to say, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Mm -hmm. If you're going to become great then you need to do this the same way that Christ is doing it. Mm -hmm. How is Christ the ruler of all things doing it? He's laying down his life. We need to do the same thing. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He's the King of all kings. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Everything that we celebrate in this upcoming uh, Easter season, the, the, this Passion Week, Holy Week, um, 
hinges on the reality that Jesus gave his life for us, right. that he, he didn't just do this stuff as an example and he wasn't a martyr, but he came with the express purpose, as we'll see in, in Luke next week, to seek and to save that which was lost, to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, the Father made him a sacrifice of atonement, we see in Romans 3, that Jesus took our sin, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He, he had no sin of his own. So he took our sin. He actually became sin for us, is what Paul writes there, so that we might become the righteousness of God. His goodness credited to our account, our badness credited to his account. This is the, the trade that is made because he's the ransom for all of us. He's the Lord of all, but he voluntarily suffered and died as a ransom for sinners. You heard of the, I'm not sure if it's a specific church that does it or if it's just its own little movement, the I Am Second. Oh, thing. yeah. See I don't the videos know. sometimes. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it. I know that like Chip and Joanna Gaines are really involved in it and a couple other celebrities. Yeah. But the idea, like, and, and I'm not saying. We've had I, head from corn on right, a number right, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying I endorse it or not because I don't know enough about it to, you know, give a real opinion. But the whole idea of that, I, I. I don't do that enough. We're all just incredibly selfish mm -hmm. people. And really it should be, I am third because it's, it's, you know, That's Christ, Gil, Gil then your book. people, I am third. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, it was, you know, God, family, so, yeah, so. but that's really what it should be. And that's, you know, a simple motto to, I guess, keep in your mind. And I have to keep it in my mind all the time because I'm an incredibly selfish human being. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to struggle. I don't like to be inconvenienced. You know? right. <laughs> and I don't think any of us do. Um, so what I, what I wanted to talk about just really briefly here because we don't have much time. You can really test your discipleship when there's only one cookie left. That's true. We've talked about this before, how you don't really often... I don't want to label anybody. It's easier to kind of be lax about your, not your faith in general, but maybe you don't pray as much, or maybe you don't go to churches when things are going well in your mm -hmm. life. And then you hit a really hard patch. Right. And who do you turn to? You fall on your knees. You say, Lord, help me through this. You turn to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's... Um, a coincidence. No. <laughs> I think it's, I like to see that as God's grace, you know, saying I am here and through and, the hardship, and, right, right. Not, through the not hardship. in spite of the hardship, exactly. but using the exactly. hardship, the hardship to come is the to grace. Me. Right. Yeah. So I, I find that interesting. When we're talking about, you know, taking up your cross and having to suffer and whatever. And if you are trying to avoid those things, it's going to hit. The, yeah. We're <laughs> avoiding discipleship right, at that point right. because apart from suffering, we can't really be like Christ. He right. suffered unjustly right. on our behalf right. voluntarily. And, and even, you could say joyfully, right. despite the fact that this was a horrifying and miserable experience, far more than any of us are likely to to experience in this life. Right. And so when we see the martyrs throughout history, uh, the martyrs of the church who went to their deaths for Christ, mm -hmm. they did so joyfully, recognizing that just as Jesus himself set aside the scorn of the cross so that he could uh, could die in our place, recognizing the greater glory that, that was held in store, uh, we are to do the same thing, that we need to have an eternal perspective to set our minds on things above, as Colossians 3 says, uh, so that we're not focused on you know, this as death, whether we're talking about physical death or the, the more metaphorical death of, of dying to self. Right. In all of these things, it's, I'm not seeing it as a loss, as the... Sure. Uh, 
as the great theologian uh, Elton John once said, it's no sacrifice at all. When, when we are recognizing what we are gaining, I'm not giving anything up. Whatever I give up in this life, it's nothing. It, it, it's paltry and pale and weak and, and limp. But the glory that we receive is so much greater. And if we received that glory now in time on earth, we would be forfeiting that in the future. Uh, and that's a lasting glory, a lasting peace and joy that far surpasses our greatest expectations or dreams. Right. So. I'm going to stop there so I'm not rushing through the things at the end. Uh, so, yeah, we'll continue in the Gospels. Uh, uh, Luke is next, right? That's how it goes. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, this week. And that we'll will focus on the humanity of Christ as we look at that. Uh, and that will lead one more week then after that, and then we'll lead into Easter. So keep joining us if you're in the area and or online if you'd like to. Um, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org. You can also leave a message on Facebook or YouTube, or you can leave us a voicemail using the Anchor app or at 269-756-RLCC. We have a whole minute left. What is this? You want to get into a new conversation? We, we must be getting good. <laughs> we weren't talking enough about pop culture things. That's what it was. We didn't waste 20 minutes. Well, and time. I didn't read Isaiah 53. That's or, true. Look up Isaiah know, 53. A hundred other things that I'd like to talk true. about. True. So anyway, <laughs> join us next week. We'll Producer hopefully... Stacy has kept us on track today. Hey. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully on Tuesday. So look for us <laughs> if no unforeseen circumstances come into play. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week.